host Hector. Mind Grenade is a pop culture-based show that dives into TV, movies, music, comics, and a whole lot more. And we continue our trek through the multiverse with our coverage of Marvel Studios' What If on Disney+. Plus. So as new episodes drop, um, I watch the episode, uh, mosey on over to the recording studio here, get behind the mic, and then um, give my reaction to that episode, uh, what I like, what I didn't like, and just get right in there. Which uh, I should point out, if you're not completely caught up, here's your spoiler warning. Uh, I will get into um, the plot points and uh, story details. So if you don't want the most current episode of What If Ruined for you, um, I'd advise uh, hitting pause on this episode and uh, rejoining us when, when you're fully caught up. So let's get going here. So I just want to thank everyone for listening, for tuning in. And um, before we get into the episode of What If, uh, I wanted to uh, uh, talk about uh, some of the uh, uh, bigger MCU stuff that's going on right now. Um, over the weekend, there was uh, some kind of breach of security over at Sony because um, a trailer to Spider-Man No Way Home, which is the upcoming Spider-Man movie, leaked online. And Sony and Disney were frantically trying to scrub the internet of this kind of rough trailer. Uh, that was over the weekend. So then Monday, they just said, fuck it. And they released the proper trailer to Spider-Man 3, uh, the Tom Holland third Spider-Man movie. Uh, which, you know, um, I guess the uh, nerds online were uh, getting pretty restless because... The Spider-Man movies due in December, and we have yet to see anything about like any other than like reports and stuff. We haven't seen a teaser or anything, so um, yeah, it seemed like um, the um, the fans online kind of pushed Sony and Disney to put something out. So um, <clears throat> yeah, so the 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 proper trailer dropped on Monday, and uh, I. I I was pretty excited for it because uh, I've been hearing all kinds of stuff about multiverse stuff, which has to do or it's kind of related to the stuff in this What If series. And it's also the Loki series that just wrapped up on Disney+. Plus. So, um, yeah, the trailer shows, I mean, it's not trying to hide anything. <laughs> they, they are uh, dealing with the multiverse and um, uh, quite apparent at the end of this trailer where you see uh, Alfred Molina uh, show up as uh, Doc Ock from the old Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. And you also see a uh, pumpkin bomb that's, uh, um, who's that? that's the Green Goblin. And who else was there? Somebody else teased in there, another villain. Oh yes, uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro. So it does look like they're fully going with the multiverse um, aspect of the Marvel Universe. And uh, another thing that I really liked about the trailer, which I already knew, was that Doctor Strange is in it. I just didn't realize how much Doctor Strange was going to be in this, because um, in the trailer, you see plenty of that effect that they used in the Doctor Strange movie, where like the, the city's folding onto itself, and there's a scene in the trailer where they're on a train that's that's that splits up kind of like the way the buildings split up and, you know, and, and that special effect that they use in the Doctor Strange movie. Uh, very, very cool. Uh, very, very excited for this third Spider-Man movie. 
Um, so I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad somebody uh, kind of pushed Sony to finally put a trailer out. It looks like things are gearing up for the MCU again. I know it was kind of a rough reignition with the Black Widow movie. I enjoyed that movie quite a bit, but uh, it was kind of a lukewarm kind of reception coming back into the MCU after we uh, had that little break last year from MCU movies. Uh, but right now, Shang-Chi is uh, due out in a week, and, a week and a half, and that's getting a lot of good positive buzz. Uh, I'm hoping I like that movie. Um, the Eternals, uh, I'll talk a little bit about the Eternal uh, Eternals trailer here towards the end of this recording, but um, they just dropped a new trailer, and that looks exciting as well, uh, more so than uh, the first trailer we got. Uh, what else is coming up? Um, yeah, I think that's I think that's it for for this year. It's, it's the Shang Chi, the Eternals, and Spider Man. Yeah, which um, which doesn't sound like a bad way to end the year when it comes to the MCU. So, all right, let's get into the what if of it all. So, following the creation of the multiverse in Loki's first season finale, what if explores the various alternate timelines of the multiverse in which major moments from the Marvel Cinematic Universe films occur differently. So, that's uh, the premise there. And this episode is, what if T'Challa became a Star-Lord? So uh, this episode in particular is a very uh, nature-nurture kind of a um, story, a nature versus nurture story. And um, instead of the Ravagers abducting Peter Quill, like they did at the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy, they abduct T'Challa from his home in Wakanda when he was still a boy. And uh, so this is essentially a mashup of the Guardians of the Galaxy movie and Black Panther. And uh, so th there's the premise of this episode. Um, I, I wanted to uh, address the, uh, the, uh, the intro with um, Jeffrey Wright doing the uh, narration for the, for the Watcher. Um, I had mentioned on a previous episode that I uh, got vibes of like the next generation, Star Trek, the next generation um, intro uh, comparing it with the intro to this show. Um, I, I still hold to that, but uh, watching it again, I'm getting more twilight zone vibes from it than I did uh, TNG uh, this time around, um, which overall uh, it seems like this premise and this, the, the premise of alternate timelines and um, just the, the tone of the show is very much Twilight Zone, kind of one-off episodes uh, with kind of a, a, a skewed angle of, 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 of stories we are already familiar with. So, uh, yeah, very, very Twilight Zone-ish uh, vibes from the intro there and, and still enjoying the heck out of Jeffrey Wright, uh, doing, um, voiceover work. So, uh, and, and, you know, um, one of the aspects of this story, this particular episode with the Guardians of the Galaxy and Black Panther, um, how changing one thing ripples out and affects other stuff. For example, uh, Drax, of Guardians of the Galaxy shows up here in this episode just for a little side bit and he mentions how his his wife and kids are still alive and stuff and uh, from 
watching the MCU movies proper, the Guardians of the Galaxy, his family had been killed off by Thanos. So since uh, Thanos doesn't go off to do his uh, Thanos quest or whatever, you know, killing off half the universe, uh, his in this in this uh, timeline. He hasn't done all that, so Drax's family is still alive. So it's 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 very cool that they're paying attention to uh, the 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 rippling effect of these changes going on. It's it's a very uh, cool world building type stuff that they're messing with here. So in getting into the uh, main cast here, let me talk about Chadwick Boseman. Uh, this was a fantastic little love letter to the memory of Chadwick Boseman. Um, it just seems like yesterday that we uh, were introduced to him, fell in love with him instantly, and then uh, here we are looking back fondly at his uh, at his career. Uh, amazing actor. I saw Black Panther in the theater three times. I think I took my parents to watch it the third time. All three times before the movie started, I was just giddy. Uh, I do remember that. Um, really, and... Uh, I gotta be honest here. I really haven't rewatched that movie a lot uh, after I own it and I have Disney Plus, but never really gone back a lot to rewatch that film. Even though the movie theater experiences were like just fantastic, just um, very very memorable. So um, yeah, just uh, you know, um, it's just uh, really nice to get him this one last time here. Um, I'm pretty sure this is his last performance. I'm not sure if they recorded anything more um, uh, before he passed away, but um, he's great in here. And this whole nature nurture kind of angle for this particular episode was perfect for his character. Michael Roker's in this, Karen Gillan, Benicio del Toro, all from the Guardians of the Galaxy film. Uh, Diamond Hansu is fucking great through this. He's that actor. I think Diamond Hansu and Idris Elba were so underused in the uh, MCU. I, I know they were side characters. They weren't cast as main characters. But, boy, what a shame. Like, in another universe, <laughs> speaking of multiverses, um, it would be awesome if Idris Elba had a starring role, like a movie of his own, with a Marvel, as a Marvel character, a leading character. And uh, same with Diamond Hansu, like, or even... Diamond Hansu, like, like even because he's not the main character in this. He's he's essentially comedy relief, but it works so well from beginning to end. And uh, it's a shame that in the movies he was just kind of uh, kind of um, restrained by the role or what the role called for for those particular movies. So uh, always loved him and stuff and. Uh, and I, it seems like he has a thing for comic book movies because if I remember correctly, I think he was in in Constantine, the Keanu Reeves movie. I think he was in that. Papa Midnight. That's what I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, he's always been great and stuff. So, uh, and, per, and particularly this. Uh, Benicio Del Toro. That one was fucking me up. Okay, so I talked a little bit about this on the last episode, the last uh, Marvel What If episode that I covered. Um, they have most of the uh, cast of the MCU uh, reprising their roles in this cartoon, um, but they can't, they couldn't get everybody. So like two or three 
uh, of the voice, uh, the voices, voice actors used don't uh, aren't the same people that played the character in the movies. So while I'm watching this, uh, I could have man, I I would have bet money that Benicio del Toro was replaced for this for his character, um, the collector, and uh, no, that was him. So I rewatched the episode this morning, and yeah, it it, it is him. Um, but the, uh, this cast, the, 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 the characters they use for the Guardians of the Galaxy in this across the board were, were great. And, and as a group, I liked them more in this than I did in the other two movies. Um, and, and then you add Thanos to the whole thing, which is, uh, pretty crazy. Didn't see that coming. Um, used very interestingly in this uh there's some stuff you just have to let you just have to go with uh him being convinced not to <laughs> not to uh, commit uh mass genocide and them making you know jokes about it and stuff like that uh it's kind of fits in with the guardians of the galaxy kind of that darker humor the gallows humor but um yeah i I wasn't expecting Thanos to show up in this. I wasn't expecting him to be used this way, but I found it interesting and it, and it worked out in the end for me. So, um, uh, which kind of leads me to a couple other things I wanted to bring up that are tangentially connected to this episode, to this part of the MCU, which is the Eternals. So I kind of vaguely remember reading somewhere. I, I, I didn't read a lot of Thanos comics growing up. When, uh, when I was collecting comics as a teenager, it was X-Men and some Spider-Man and Image Comics and stuff like that. The uh, the Avengers stuff was very corny when, when I was a teenager. It's not what it is today where it's everybody and their grandmother is an Avengers fan. Um, so I guess at some point I had read that Thanos is part eternal and part deviant, which are two different alien races. I guess they're like distantly related the eternals and the deviants so uh i know very little about the eternal stuff uh and just recently this past week they had released the trailer uh i guess the final trailer before the movie comes out and um i was very satisfied with it it gave me more to work with a lot more than the first trailer and in that trailer they do talk about the deviants and then they um there's this beautiful shot of a celestial, like a live celestial. In this episode of What If, T'Challa and the Ravagers uh, go to um, the Collector's uh, stronghold, which is in nowhere, which is the severed head of a dead celestial just floating out in space. And uh, thus far in the MCU, we haven't seen a live celestial. So when this trailer dropped for the Eternals... Uh, I was so blown away by such an ominous shot. Like it, uh, it looked pretty awesome with uh, just galaxies behind this enormous creature just out in space. And um, yeah, uh, first thing I thought was IMAX screening. <laughs> so uh, I'm definitely planning on doing that. Um, they really sold me with this last trailer. The first trailer, I was like, well, it's Marvel. Um, they've got enough credit build up with me that uh, I'm going to go watch this regardless. But um, I just, I didn't feel very connected to anything with that first trailer. And with this one, I, I, um, I'm kind of like, 
starting to figure out a little bit more about the main characters and um and I'm a fan of a lot of these actors so uh it's just so strange to go to, to go from like being so familiar with all these uh Avengers characters like prior to these movies and now we're getting to that point in the MCU where we're getting into the stuff that I'm not that um familiar with but it's fun to it's fun to discover this stuff or even go on these uh kind of wild Wikipedia rabbit holes. <laughs> you know, I did that for Doctor Strange because I knew Doctor Strange somewhat in the comics, but not enough of his like um, extended cast or his villains. And I remember reading the Doctor Strange Wikipedia page and uh, like reading about Dormammu, his uh, main villain, and uh, just being very intrigued and just blown away that Stan Lee just came up with this shit uh, uh, back in the 60s. And then uh, watching the film, I was pleasantly surprised that Dormammu in that movie was uh, one of the more uh, powerful and interesting adversaries in these in the uh, in the MCU. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of cool. uh discovering some of this stuff for the first time even though um i'm steeped in most of it like i grew up with a lot of this stuff but back to this what if episode um and kind of relating to this here with the eternals movie the eternals um and those characters are from the, like the late 60s early 70s i'm pretty sure and uh one of the cool things with the mcu is that they like they kind of cherry pick the uh the history of the marvel universe to make this kind of movie universe uh in the sense that you've got characters um like uh t'challa who was created back in the 70s or late 60s uh intermingling with characters that were just created in this, like uh, in the last 10 years like the black the black order which are the um henchmen for the collector in this episode they were the henchmen for thanos in the uh, in the movies in the Avengers movies, but those characters I remember uh, those characters debuting like I said in the last ten years. So it's it's kind of crazy that they're intermingling with just you know uh, characters that have been around since before I was born, and uh, they're all just kind of working together in this kind of um, idealized version of the Marvel universe on the big screen. So overall, I'm really enjoying this series so far. I know the first episode, I kind of came into this very uh, excited, and uh, I was worried that that was kind of going to cloud my my judgment and uh, my reaction to this, but um, not too much, apparently. Um, I'm, I've kind of come down off of that somewhat. With this episode, having rewatched some of it, um, it's... Uh, the, the animation really um, kind of stood out to me, that second viewing. Um, I don't think... Um, I, I felt like... I don't know. It's almost like I'm, I'm looking for, like... Or expecting the animation to just kind of be off. Kind of... Uh, kind of give you that kind of uncanny valley at moments. But the, none of, I haven't experienced that at all. No, there aren't any kind of unsettling moments with the animation, which... Um, I think I think it's just the kind of realistic cell animation that's kind of like um, I'm expecting moments like that. But no, the animation works from beginning to end. 
Um, the action's really smooth. Uh, the acting um, works. Yeah, uh, across the board, I I'm very happy here. So uh have no idea what the next episode is going to be. Uh, so I kind of like that, too. I don't know, a day or two before, I'm like, wanting to know but uh i, I am kind of glad i didn't know it was gonna this episode is gonna be about t'challa i knew he i knew they were gonna do an episode about black panther but i didn't know the second episode was gonna be um that story so pleasantly delighted with this whole series so uh looking ahead the very very next episode uh, of the podcast i put out will be the very very next episode of what if so that'll be episode three, and that'll probably go up in the next couple of days. So once this drops, you should see another episode drop shortly after. All right, so that was my reaction to the uh, second episode of the first season of Marvel's new animated series. And for more episodes of the podcast, you can go to MindGrenadeStudios.com. Uh, there's a feed there. There's some artwork there. Uh, subscribe on iTunes or anywhere podcasts are found. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. This has been Hector saying so long, and we'll talk to you soon. He was a big wave surfer Living down by Waimea Bay mm -hmm.